Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. everyone, it's Simon here from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode when again it goes international and global with my guest uh, Sudhir and Sudhir is based in Bangalore and we actually met uh, online, <laughs> sounds a little bit strange doesn't it saying that like I did, but we actually met through BNI uh, Business Builder in Referral Exchange. And I put a post up there asking for guests and Sudhir, you accepted. So thank you for being a guest. Tell the listeners a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Simon, for this opportunity and uh, really excited to be here this morning. And uh, yes, about myself, uh, as you mentioned, I'm based out of Bangalore in India. And uh, I've been here for the last 30 years, pretty much my working life uh, in Bangalore. I was, uh, you know, uh, born and brought up in India. I've uh, stayed in the south of India, in the north of India. And finally, over the last uh, 40 years, I've been in the south. Uh, My hometown is hours away from Bangalore. And that's a real nice place, very quiet place. And I always like to go back there. I did my high school and my college as well as my engineering from there so i am an engineer okay. and i right. like you know talking about tech stuff and then uh, you know in the early 90s i moved to bangalore to start my career and uh, i actually worked uh, for the it sector for about 5 years initially and then okay. i got a break with Ian ernst and young which is a global consulting firm and i mm. was with them for almost 18 years so that uh, that was really? a fabulous experience for me and I bet. Uh, and that's where I actually uh, advised clients, uh, big and small, on how to grow their businesses and how to, you know, make them more sustainable. And yeah. uh, with that global experience, I actually uh, got the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, set out on my own and you know become an independent consultant. Yeah, I have to. I have to say here that uh, you know I was. Uh, uh, inspired a lot by my father. My father is also, you know, he's a business consultant himself. He, okay. he, he specializes in consulting with family managed businesses. And uh, in mm. fact, uh, he started uh, on his own in 1985. And uh, for me, that was a great, uh, you know, model, role model, as well as, a, yeah. you know, as something which I could emulate. And uh, here I am, you can say, uh, you know, working as part of his firm, but yeah. doing my own thing and yeah. uh, i think uh, it's 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 been a fantastic experience working uh, and helping clients uh, achieve their business goals yeah so and it's interesting you say about your father there because i'm sure you know uh, straight away that made me think that's hard work working with family businesses you have so many different dynamics and i know some of the listeners listening to this will be family businesses and i'm sure you understand uh, listeners the the difficulty in handling relationships 
right. in family businesses. You're not just handling the business, you're handling the relationships of those people within the family as well, aren't you? So, uh, yeah, hats off to your father. So uh, let's give him a bit of a shout out then. So what, what's your father's name? His name is uh, Raju Swami, and uh, he has uh, re- recently launched a book called Family Business in India, and ah, that's available okay. on Amazon. So Yeah, well, well anyway. there you go. There's a plug for that then, so that's good. And that's Swami, S-W-A-M-Y. That's right, Simon, yes. Perfect, perfect. So thank you for sharing that story, and interesting that 18 years with Ernst Young, I mean, that is that is quite an achievement, not just... Uh, from their point of view of retaining you, but also, you know, they don't tolerate fools, do they? So, you know, you must have been at the top of your game to be there for that long. So congratulations on that. Yeah. So well done. Yeah, thanks, Simon. In fact, uh, one of the things that I think has been a good achievement for me is that normally some of these consulting firms, or most of them, at least in those days, never used to take MB, you know, never used to take graduates. I mean, they were yeah. looking at postgraduate MBAs and chartered accountants and I was yeah. probably one of the few who didn't have those postgraduate degrees so yeah so and and I thought I think that was one of the things that really helped me in the sense that you know it gave me that confidence that yes you know I can make it as well so yeah Great. but that was a big break you're right yeah I bet yeah I bet so we were talking just before the recording started about what we're drinking today and you shared that you obviously I love tea and a tea drinker, but also that you're moving across perhaps gradually or perhaps taking a bit more of a leap into drinking coffee. So before you tell us about the coffee that you drink, tell us why the move from tea to coffee, you because know, I made a similar move a few years ago and I still drink both. You know, I'm, as I'm sat at my desk here, I've got a, a big mug of tea and I've got my flask of coffee. So just tell us a little bit about that, that move from tea to coffee. Well, Simon, uh, as you said, you you are drinking both tea and coffee. So it's mm. not it's not that I've entirely given up my tea. I still yeah. continue to enjoy my tea in the mornings and evenings. But uh, you know, thanks to thanks to uh, BNI, you know, thanks to one of the members who actually were you know uh, sells specialty coffee. So yeah. it actually uh, you know I became curious and I said you know I have to try this out. And uh, okay. so that was one, that was definitely one trigger for me to have more coffee. Yeah. But other than that, uh, there was, uh, you know, in, in the South of India, uh, filter coffee is very uh, popular. And, yeah. uh, you know, that is something which uh, when we go out and have snacks or uh, something to eat, you know, it's, it's a regular accompaniment. I mean, you, you do drink yeah. filter coffee in some of these local restaurants and cafes here. So. And, and for many of us, that will be a surprise because, you know, we've had quite a few guests from India and they always talk about tea, tea, tea and tea. And, you know, we always think, you know, that everybody in India must drink tea. So that's the, right. the drink of choice. So, yeah, it's interesting in the south of India that uh, filter coffee, as you say, uh, is, is taken up. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, the coffee that you drink then and and particularly tell the listeners a little bit how you drink it because you know we all take our coffee through you know machines or filters or you know so just give us an idea of of both of those things so yes i mean filter coffee is uh, as i mentioned to you you know you need a coffee press and then you need to actually uh, you need to put in the coffee powder ground coffee uh, powder in there and then you got to 
pour some water on top and it it takes about 30 35 40 minutes for you to get a decoction which you can then use to make the coffee mm. so uh, that is something yeah i mean that you have to wait a bit for that uh, and then, then you can you can drink the coffee in the way you like you can put you can if you don't want to add milk that's fine if you uh, if you want you can add milk and sugar i like to take it with milk and sugar i don't like it very strong i like it what we yep. call medium strong here okay and <laughs> yeah so uh, so those are things that i certainly enjoy about filter coffee i think uh, when we go to some of the other places here like the starbucks and all of that i mean i typically go for a cappuccino uh, you know ah, in, interesting. You know, in such yeah. places but but i don't drink tea in in a starbucks i typically go for a cappuccino in a, in a yeah, starbucks yeah yeah so yeah so is there a starbucks in bangalore and we need to know that Yeah absolutely there are at is least it? i think 3 or 4 i think oh. at least 2 or 3 definitely yeah well that's it that that destination goes on my bucket list as everybody <laughs> knows i'm a bank you know i'm a starbucks fan so uh, yeah i that would be a good incentive for me to go to bangalore as well as many other things i'm sure right. so is there a favorite blend you say you know you take your coffee medium roast is there a particular source of coffee or a particular brand you mentioned the lady in bni um is a, is a is a seller yeah. of coffee just tell us a little bit more about that yeah so she actually uh, has a coffee estate and which is mm-hmm. where they grow the coffee and that's about 6 hours from bangalore yeah. and uh, that place is called chikmagalur which is known for coffee okay. uh, for growing coffee there are many estates out there so some of the best coffee in south india is grown there and uh, and and yeah it's that's uh, that's how kind of and then she of course has branded it and and she's selling it in the market yeah. and she's supplying to other uh, you know uh, distributors so but that's that's uh, how she actually gets her coffee and that's how we got to know that yeah. so so now one of these days we are in fact planning a trip to her estate just to see how it all happens so yeah that yeah that'd be intriguing it's interesting there's so many things you know, I've, i've joined bni back in 1997 was when i first joined wow. and we have so many things uh in bni that attribute to our lives not just our businesses yeah my my destination to be a coach started by having a coach that i met i think in my second or third meeting of bni and i've always had a coach since and because of that i became a coach so right. you have those very early seeds that are sown um you know make such a difference and not just in bni but other things but it's interesting yeah your you know your tasting to coffee has come from bni as well so yeah it's it's, it's quite a significant impact isn't it yeah So so moving on to the to the business questions and thinking about your own business and your your own consultants uh, work that you do what's been the latest or most significant thing that you fixed or worked on in your own business So um So as you know I mean as a consultant I work with a number of clients uh, mm-hmm. most of the time uh, and uh, and I and I and there are some experiences that I can kind of talk about you know especially and uh, in terms of uh, helping my clients uh, whether it's starting a new business or whether it is um, you know sustaining an existing one or whether it is actually expanding business so i have yeah. multiple experiences uh, as far as my own consulting business is concerned yes i think one of the things that i always uh, would like to and strive to do and which i have actually tried to do in the last one year is try to get out there and make myself heard you know in terms right. of 
and 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 I think your platform is one such platform, which which is obviously yeah. uh, it's a great platform. Uh, but uh, I've uh, based because of the pandemic, uh, you know, actually I did get some opportunities to actually go out there and share my point of view, uh, okay. especially in forums where we had small and medium enterprises, owners of such enterprises actually participating sure. in those, and and clearly. Uh, the the focus of those discussions and panel discussions which i was part of was to to really see how they can uh, you know continue doing business and sustain themselves and uh, you know grow from there i mean yeah. uh, even in such tough times yeah. so clearly uh, you know uh, like for instance one of the insights that i've had working with one of my clients uh, uh, was you know with regard to their uh, cash flows I mean, yeah. there was no, there is no business coming in for some of them, many of them for some months, at least during the peak of the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, obviously you have your operating costs, you've got to pay salaries, you've got exactly. to pay your rent. So how are you going to do that? Uh, so that was a key question, uh, which kept coming up again and again. And clearly uh, what I've seen with one of my clients, uh, I mean, this was something that they came up to me with and said, you know, can you help us? sort this out. So clearly, uh, looking at them, their operations, um, their pipeline was, sales pipeline was not much. I mean, it mm. was probably barely enough to cover their costs over the next three months. Uh, yeah. You know, it, so how would it, so, so we were then trying to look at alternatives on what else could be done. So this was a product distributor. They were in the space of professional audio video equipment. Yeah. Uh, you know, businesses were not really functioning to full capacity. So obviously their business was hit. So they, in fact, had agreements, obviously, with uh, original equipment manufacturers for professional audio equipment. Yeah. And they were, they had commitments to them. They had procured, um, you know, the products from them and it was sitting in their warehouse. Hmm. So they had a lot of stock, dead stock, stock not sold for almost a year yeah your cash is stuck that's difficult so how do you so that was uh, so how do you get out so one of the one thing that we did try and which actually worked was we looked at the business we looked at how we could look uh, you know reduce costs to the to an extent in terms of scaling back some of the uh, you know service offerings or uh, uh, the offerings to the market because that also meant scaling down in terms of manpower. That was one way to kind of help, you know, save some cash. The other way was to look at the, the inventory position, look yeah. at what was dead stock, what was not being sold for almost a year. And as you know, in the electronics business, things become obsolete very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's no point you keeping, uh, you know, inventory uh, for long periods of time. So we first decided that we will go on a, you know, aggressively to get rid of this debt stock. Yeah. And one of the things that we did was to look at the pricing, the cost, the landed cost, and to see what best we could offer to clients uh, in terms of uh, sale price. And we yeah. came out with a very aggressive, uh, you know, uh, campaign with with uh, with the uh, price discounts. And uh, in fact, uh, within almost a month, month and a half, we were able to get down that debt stock by almost. Right. Well done. 
right so so that meant that you then had some cash to take you forward uh, yeah. for the next couple of months at least yeah and i think there's there's two very valuable things that you're talking about there sudhir that businesses and listeners should take heed of i think as we you know for many of us you know we're coming out of some kind of lockdown or some kind of wave of of covid you know this has been so disruptive and so instantly just put the brakes onto cash for many many businesses but also accelerated growth for many others and that ha- also has an effect on cash flow right. and the businesses that i've seen and the businesses that people have spoken about that have done well through this are the ones that have had the cash reserves right so yeah, if you're a business and you're listening to this, listen to what Sudhir's been saying. You know, keep a careful eye on your cash flow and make sure that you've got the cash reserves being built back up. You might have used them during this pandemic to keep afloat. So quickly build those cash reserves back up because you need them. And I think the other thing as well, absolutely insightful, is look at your inventory. You know, um, I think so many businesses are going to change their habits, aren't they? And I'm sure you've seen this with the clients you work with. So many people are changing their habits of how they buy stock, how they sell stock, uh, and what the churn rate is of how they put things through their business, whether it's services, products, whatever. So I think that's really useful. You you mentioned that you've been more out there and you've you know you've got your point of view uh, out there more. What kind of difference has that made for you, Sudhir? What What do you think you've seen change because of that? Well, one thing is definitely visibility, right? I mean, mm. uh, uh, you know, you're out there means you obviously become more visible. And when you become visible and hopefully you're talking sense, then <laughs> and people are able to identify with that, uh, then obviously there is this pull effect. I mean, you yep. don't have to go out there and push yourself and make, you know, People will at least, if they, if what you say resonates with what they are thinking, then uh, certainly, you know, uh, they will probably come back to you for advice or for okay. your assistance on certain things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh, it it basically shows that they respect your views and and that they feel confident that I can help them or assist them in some way. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and and that's you, you've mentioned there that it resonates with with people, and very often when people talk, they talk in a way that doesn't resonate with people because they're not giving it any thought. Right. So you know, if that was on your mind, are there any things that you can say to the listeners of how you planned? to resonate with people? Did you do any preparation? Was there any content theme? How did you make sure that your point of view resonated with those people listening to it? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a great uh, question. So, uh, so Simon, I, uh, I mean, as a business consultant, it's all about your experiences. Mm. And uh, definitely uh, preparation is required for, yep. you know, for whatever we do as consultants and even otherwise, in whatever we do, there has to be some preparation. Uh, clearly, uh, it, it our experiences and the way we speak about our experiences will create that resonance. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that you know, spec- talking about specific situations or giving examples, uh, you know, of uh, of similar uh, where which are similar to what uh, listeners would have faced in their businesses. Uh, that is what I believe would uh, you know create that resonance and. Uh, you know, uh, and then, and then, and then, if we are able to offer something there, uh, which says that okay, you know, in this situation, this is what we tried, and and it worked, 
and yeah. maybe that will actually help them go and try it out themselves uh, or even it could be a mere suggestion it may not have been tried but but it is it is an idea and and yeah. we are sharing ideas so yeah. so we, we i identify myself with situations which are similar to what many as a small and medium enterprise owners are facing and then share my views on how they could probably overcome them or tackle those issues and yeah. uh, if if they find it it is resonating or it is making sense to them then i think at least i would have contributed something to their business yeah yeah and and it's interesting you say that isn't it because you know i mean being in bni we know it's givers gain so it's what you give and it's interesting you said that it's not what you got from them it's what you can contribute to them isn't it and i think that's right. the thing when you're giving content it's got right. to be un- unconditional contribution hasn't it if it does that right. then the universe has a way of rewarding that so uh, right. that's that's a that's a good lesson to learn listeners from sudhir right there so you mentioned obviously your your father is a consultant family businesses and you mentioned your your own consultancy what kind of businesses do you work with i work with uh, small and medium enterprises uh, okay. who are typically which, which are typically run by first generation entrepreneurs uh, okay. you know and maybe some of them even have uh, you know a family promoter but may have a professional ceo running that business okay. so uh, those would typically be my target market yeah. Uh, yeah. you know for consulting Yeah, you you mentioned right at the beginning of your story uh, your background or your initial start in engineering. So, um, is there a particular sector you work on? I know for for some people listening to this, they might be consultants, they might be coaches who are thinking about you know how do I uh, niche down or niche down? Um, ha- have you narrowed that sector at all or narrowed that target? well actually one of the great things about being a consultant is that you get this varied experience mm. but uh, having said that uh, you know to to get a big, a big break in consulting sometimes it helps to specialize or at least know a lot about one particular vertical let's say one or two yeah. verticals so yeah. for instance when i started my career i worked in the it sector i worked in a couple of companies which were really high up there in terms of the software solutions that they were uh yeah. you know they were developing and promoting and uh, when i when i was look when i was looking to get into consulting i mean that was not a consulting job but but when i was looking to consulting one of the things that helped was my background in the tech sector uh yeah. and uh, and uh, and some of the larger firms or many of the larger firms actually have um vertical specific practices yeah right so uh, for me it was very you know automatically i was able to get into the technology practice because and consult as a part of the technology yeah. practice because i had actually worked in a in a in a tech in the tech industry yeah, uh, before that yeah but uh, but then the exposure in ernst and young has been such uh, that i have been able to learn a lot of things and thanks to all my uh you know my uh, uh managers and partners out there i think to their contributions so i have been able to use those skills when i've been working as an indus- independent consultant with some of the other sectors so for instance i worked with uh, companies in the uh, healthcare sector in the education sector in the engineering yeah, manufacturing sector yeah yeah uh, also in the product distribution uh, segments 
uh, as well as in and of late in the last three to four years in the non-profit sector. So, uh, huh? so I, I, it's it's been a great journey, and uh, yeah, I that's, think that's uh, quite a width and range, then, isn't it? Yeah, and that makes it that makes it enjoyable, doesn't it? it? Makes it enjoyable for you, but it also gives, I think, you know, I found that working with different sectors, and I, I, I do target from a marketing point of view, but I'm sure you'll you'll agree that what you find is that when you work with other sectors and other businesses on different things there are things that you can bring there are elements that you can bring to the client in a completely different sector but give you a different perspective it gives them a different toolkit that they might be able to use so you know that's where you as that very consultant i'm sure can bring that added value no no that's a fantastic observation simon and in fact if you look at today there is convergence happening all around. So you can look yeah. at healthcare and you look at technology. I mean, there are so many things, education and technology. I mean, it's all at some level converging and it's been happening for some time. But yeah. certainly exposure to multiple sec- you know, sectors helps when we work with yeah. Uh, clients. Yeah. So before I ask you to share a lesson or a tip with the listeners that they can take away and do something with, how do people find you how do people connect with you you mentioned uh, your father's book um so is is there anything for the listeners that they can look for search for download or just connect with you right so um i can be contacted uh on linkedin via linkedin and okay. uh, you know uh, sudhir swami is my i mean you can search for sudhir swami you will uh, you'll be able to find my profile uh, and of course we have a you know, website promagconsult.in that is P-R-O-M-A-G-C-O-U-N-S-U-L-T.in. And uh, that's where you'll find the profiles of myself and my father. And uh, of course, uh, I can be contacted via email as well, uh, which is uh, sudhir.swami at promagconsult.in. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can so, even reach out over phone. I mean, if that's yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the book that you mentioned, is that available through Amazon? Is that available through the website that you've given us? Right now, it's available through Amazon and yeah. uh, uh, both in India and uh, in the US and I believe also in the UK. And mm-hmm. I think uh, shortly there will be a, you know, a Kindle version of the same. Yeah. So, so I Great. think, uh, yeah. Great. So the best... It seems one of the best ways to contact with you is through LinkedIn and it's uh, Sudhir Swami and that's S-U-D-H-I-R and then Swami, which is S-W-A-M-Y. That's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's right. Great, yeah. great. So listeners, make a note of those. They'll be in the show notes below this as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, make sure you connect, make sure you have a look. Uh, go to the website, grab a copy of the book, yeah, yeah, digest the content. And I think for so many people, uh, the help that you and your father and the business as consultants, uh, you know, is going to be so valuable, particularly for those family businesses who I know have really, really struggled during this pandemic. Some of them have come together very, very well, but others have been a little, little bit more fragmented because, you know, some of them haven't even been able to get together to be right. in business. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So if you could give the listeners something that they could take away from today's podcast, something that they could go out and do something with, implement in their business, uh, what would you like to share with them today? Um, 
Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Simon. So, uh, you know, when, when we're looking at a business and we're looking at uh, a lot of times we stop looking ahead. And mm. I think one of the things that, you know, we need to probably constantly do is to try and try out new things and try and see how the business can be expanded. And uh, I, uh, I would like to recall a recent, uh, you know, interaction I had with, uh, you know, a couple, their husband and wife who uh, actually wanted to start a hospital in a semi-rural area about an hour and a half from Bangalore. Okay. And uh, the wife is a the wife is a, a pediatric surgeon specialty. I mean, you don't find such people in semi-rural areas. So, so yeah. the question was, would they uh, should they invest in a hospital? How do they make you know uh, they, they want to, they would like to uh, you know target that market because they know that there is some demand, but should they be putting in money into that? Uh, in terms of building a hospital and, you know, mm. it's a lot of money. It's not something which is, uh, I can imagine. you can just do, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. So the thing was, so the, the thing was, you know, should they go ahead with that investment or not? And sometimes businesses also have to make that decision. You know, should I invest yeah. in something new? So my, my tip here would be to, to do a pilot, try out something at a very small scale. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in, in this case, uh, specialty pediatric surgeon, uh, yeah. obviously a uh, lot of experience and, uh, and can cater to the need of the uh, region. So my suggestion to them was, why don't you, you can do two things. Why don't you can actually take a place on rent for a couple of months and provide consultation there to the people in that area. And yeah. then and then see how, and see what is the, what are the walk-ins like? What are the patient walk-ins like? how much they're willing to pay for your consultation and, uh, and what is the feedback. So uh, this was something which doesn't require you to spend too much money upfront. You just have to take a small space yeah. or even better. You can even approach a doctor who's running a clinic and say that I'll come and visit your clinic every day between 10 in the morning to one in the afternoon. I'll provide, spe you know, specialty pediatric advice and then, and let's and I will share revenue with you, and let's see how this goes. So, okay. so yeah. I so my 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 uh, advice to them was try it in a small way, pilot it, go with it for, yeah. for a couple of months, understand what the landscape around you is like, understand your patient profile, understand your walk-ins, know yeah. get to know the market better, get to know how you can price your services, and then when you know when you're seeing this happen consistently for. <laughs> a couple of months or three months. And then at that stage, you, you can, you have enough information for you to take a call on whether you want to invest in something yeah. as big as a yeah. hospital. And, and I think listeners, that's, that is such valuable information because I see so many people who put not just invest money, but people invest so much time into building a product that they don't even have the confidence that there's a market for it. They don't know that they're going to be able to make it cost effectively. They don't know there's a market for it. And they put all of their efforts into doing the stuff. And I think sometimes we're guilty of doing that because we're avoiding launching it. You know, so many right. people avoid the launch stage and they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it to get it perfect. When actually what they're afraid of is launching it. And I think a pilot that you've just said there 
is a great way of not doing a full blown launch that you're fearful of and just doing a soft launch, a small launch, because that right. will probably make people feel more easy. So yeah, great, right. great tip there. Do a pilot, test it out and then make the decision to invest. Fantastic. So come to the last question. Uh, if you were to have your next filter coffee, and this is a slightly different question to what's uh, probably you've seen. So I forgot to warn you about that at the beginning. But if you were to have your next coffee in a dream location, Sadir, where would that dream location be? Could be anywhere in the world. It could be with somebody. Uh, just tell the listeners a little bit about that. Well, that's uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, I put, makes me think. Uh, you know, definitely, um, I would like to have filter coffee early in the morning in the mountains. Uh, there is a, you know, a very about five hours from Bangalore. Uh, we have a, a hill station and that's what we call, you know, a place which yeah. is up in the mountains uh, uh, where we can actually go and, you know, really nice weather, great surroundings, peace yeah. and quiet early in the Fabulous. morning and have yeah. a, a great uh, cup of filter coffee. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think anything can beat that with my family, of course. With your family. <laughs> great. And you've answered all the questions that I normally have to ask. I normally have to say to people, so what time of day is it? And uh, yeah, yeah. I always ask that question because I love to know what time of day, because that allows you, to, you know, is the sun coming up or is it going down? You know, is it is it midday? Yeah. So yeah, great. Early morning in the hill station with your family. That sounds absolutely amazing. And what, what's the name of this area? Just so we can all add it to our bucket list. Well, uh, th this is called uh, Kunur, C-O-N-O-O-R. Okay. Ah, amazing. Great. Well, there you are, listeners. Stick it on your bucket list somewhere to travel to. If uh, if you're in India and Bangalore or South India, then that's definitely somewhere to check out. And I'm sure the, the tourist bureau of, of that location will love to have you there. Uh, when it's safe to do so, of course. So thank you very much, uh, Sudhir, for giving us some some great things. You know, we've learned how to release cash flow. Uh, we've looked at the importance of resonating and you know, the great tip of doing a pilot, doing the test before you decide to invest or before you decide to invest money or time in something. Uh, and of course, we can find you on LinkedIn, uh, Sudhir, Swami, which is S-U-D-H-I-R, Swami, S-W-A-M-Y. So uh, listeners, uh, I'm sure you've taken some great value. And Sudhir, thank you for giving us those insights today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Simon. I, it was uh, really enjoyable and I really had a great time in, uh, you know, having this and, conversation. And with just you. for listeners, this is your first podcast, isn't it? Is that right? This is, this is indeed. I was really excited about this yeah. and you really made it happen. So thank yeah. you so much. Well, and you've done an amazing job and I'm sure listeners, uh, I'd love to hear the comments of, um, and feedback on how Sudhir did, because I think he'll, he'll really appreciate that for his first ever podcast. So, uh, uh, listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help businesses, coaches and consultants around the globe become better aware, better educated, uh, and more importantly, to do something with what you've learned today. Be accountable. You know, Take the tips that you've heard from Sidia today and do something with them. That's what this is about. And of course, we've talked about uh, the coffee. We've learned something about uh, coffee in South India as well. So we've we've checked all the boxes for you today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it and I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.